We continue our Lenten journey together this morning by continuing on with Jesus's Beatitudes in the Gospel of Matthew. So just to recap what this means and where we've been so far, here are some points you might want to remember. This is the beginning of Jesus's Sermon on the Mount, his big moment of teaching and preaching in the Gospel of Matthew. Many of Jesus's Moral lessons that people often cite come from somewhere in this sermon. It's also Jesus' discourse on what the kingdom of heaven or the reign of God looks like. This is a reality and being that God intends for all of humanity and the world. It's a reality that knows justice, peace, and the all-encompassing love of God. And what's interesting is that when you look at these kingdom values, they are a reversal of the way that humanity has often ordered society. These kingdom values are counterintuitive to what we might guess might be the ideal or the best thing to do. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn and blessed are the meek. It's not the wealthy and powerful and well-to-do people who have it all figured out. It's actually the hopeless, the people who grieve, those who struggle and are humble in means and in spirit that the reign of God is for. They are the ones who will truly be satisfied and filled by the hope that is the kingdom of heaven. So we continue that reversal logic today with the next saying. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So it's not the full and the content who are blessed. It's actually those who are empty and long for something to fill them. I was excited to preach on this beatitude because, honestly, I really love food. I love talking about food. I love telling people about my favorite food and my favorite restaurants. And I love that it seemed Jesus was validating my love of food. But there's something and thirst for righteousness. It's not just longing for the ultimate dish or the best dinner spot you can find in town. It's about righteousness. And if we look at that word righteousness in the original Greek, dikaiosune, we can see that righteousness or being righteous means having a moral uprightness. Righteousness means having good character, living a good life, being just in both intention and action, wanting what's fair and equal for everyone, as Ginger put in our children's moment. We might think about this as seeking justice and wholeness in the world. And if we look at the Greek words for hunger and thirst, penontes and dispontes, we can see that both of them mean something to the effect of desiring deeply or earnestly longing for. So it's not just blessed are those who are looking for a bite to eat and something to drink, but blessed are those who deeply desire and earnestly long to live a life of right character. Blessed are those who seek justice in the world and strive to do the right thing. If we look elsewhere in Scripture at this word righteousness, we can see Paul using this a lot in his letter to the Romans. It's the foundation of that entire text. 
Paul talks a lot about Jesus' righteousness being applied to us, since God's righteousness is not something we can earn or achieve for ourselves. In the end, we all fall short of God's glory. We are a unrighteous people by nature. But because of God's actions in history and God's work in Jesus Christ with his blameless and righteous life, it is shown to us that Jesus' righteousness is considered ours by giving, being given through faith, not by our works. We can't earn or achieve righteousness on our own, but we can trust that it's all worked out through the love and grace of God working in Jesus. At least this is Paul's perspective. And many of us as Presbyterians and affirmers of God's grace would agree with this. But this is a bit in tension with Matthew's perspective on the saying of Jesus and the rest of the Sermon on the Mount. Many commentators note that Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in Matthew and Matthew's perspective on life, on the life and teachings of Jesus, seem to be more about action than passivity. Amy Jill Levine notes that rather than Christological confession, action is paramount for Matthew's perspective. The Beatitudes are meant to provide comfort, yes, but they're meant to encourage action. The disciples abiding and conforming to these standards are what set them apart as Jesus' followers. The disciples are the ones called to help bring to fruition the promises of God's kingdom. Thomas Bohockey, I hope I'm saying that right. I apologize if I'm not. He's another commentator. Notes that this was especially important because of the immediate nature of these teachings. This kingdom and reign language was not meant for some far-off distant day in the future. They were promises being fulfilled now, being realized in the presence, in the present moment, and the people of God were called to participate in their fruition right now. And this is why the reversed nature of these kingdom values were so important to show people in the margins and on the underside of society that hope was real, hope was present, and even now starting to take shape in the world. So righteousness, according to Matthew's perspective at least, isn't just a static state of being. It's a practice. It's a way of being. It's something we can participate in now, not just wait for in the distant future. But there is another perspective in Scripture to consider as well. If you didn't know, you can also find Jesus' Beatitudes in the Gospel of Luke. In Luke, the Beatitudes are a little bit different. Instead of saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, Luke writes it as, blessed are the poor. Full stop. In the case of today's Beatitude, Luke says, blessed are the hungry, for they will be filled. He doesn't mention righteousness or seeking to live a life of good character. Luke just says that the hungry are blessed because they'll be filled, period. On first glance, Luke's perspective might make the Beatitudes seem more literal, more closed-ended. But actually, it opens up the definition of the Beatitude even more. Like baking a loaf of bread, we can knead out this beatitude in Matthew a little bit more using Luke's perspective to give us some more insight. 
Blessed are the hungry, for they will be filled. Hungry for what? And filled how so? Matthew says righteousness, but why would someone be hungry and thirsty for this in the first place? Besides food, this beatitude also made me think of a song that I've heard a lot on the radio. It's a song called Hunger by a band from the UK called Florence and the Machine. Here are some of the lyrics from that song. At 17, I started to starve myself. I thought that love was a kind of emptiness. And at least I understood then the hunger I felt, and I didn't have to call it loneliness. We all have a hunger. I thought that love was in the drugs, but the more I took, the more it took away. And I could never get enough. I thought that love was on the stage. You give yourself to strangers. You don't have to be afraid. And then it tries to find a home with people. Oh, and I'm alone, picking it apart and staring at your phone. We all have a hunger. We all have a hunger. That's the main refrain of the song. We all have a hunger. In an interview you can find on YouTube, lead singer Florence Welch noted how she struggled with whether or not to release this song. It was extremely personal, and it was a vulnerable piece of work for her. But she decided to do it anyway because it brought to light what she thought was a universal question. What is it we're actually longing for? What are we all hungry for? She says, it's a big spiritual question put into a catchy pop song. It might not be answerable, but maybe we can at least dance about it. By doing so, Florence was also hoping to connect with people and encourage connection with others, to tell people, hey, if you're feeling this way, if you're longing for something that you can't seem to find, you're not alone. I felt this way too. I'm longing and desiring for that something too. A lot of us are. We all have a hunger. So these lyrics, the meaning behind Florence's song, help us to answer the questions, what are we hungry for? And why would righteousness be the answer? This beatitude of Jesus's names a truth we all share as human beings. We all have a hunger, and Jesus calls us blessed for it. But what these deep longings and earnest desires boil down to, this hunger for righteousness, is a hunger for connection with God and community with other people. Hungering for righteousness is ultimately about desiring connection with the ways of God and practicing them with other people. And the good news proclaimed by Jesus is that this hunger for connection and community can be filled right now by living into the reality of the kingdom of heaven, which is God's desire and intention for all of creation. It is a truth of our humanity that we all long to connect with people, to know that we're seen and cared for and loved. Ask anyone in this room why they joined Second or any other church, and what's their answer 99% of the time? I felt welcomed and cared for by the people. I connected with them. 
And once that connection is made and relationships are established, then we live and journey as a faith community together through mission and service and devotion to God, these kingdom values. This hunger and thirst language that Jesus is use, uses to talk about this makes sense because Scripture and our own experiences affirm again and again that sharing food and meals together are a significant way of relating to God and each other. Our psalm alludes to this this morning. God provides manna in the desert for the Israelites to sustain them along their 40-year journey in the desert, providing them with both food and an experience with God as provider and sustainer. Jesus, all throughout his, history, his ministry, is constantly eating with all types of folks in order to include and show his and God's acceptance of them. This includes both the outsiders, those too often excluded by society, as well as the insiders and those who are often criticized for their exclusionary practices. Jesus feeds the 5,000 and the 4,000, the fish and the loaves, across geographic and ethnic boundaries to show mercy and demonstrate God's abundant grace. He shares a final meal with his disciples as a way to commemorate his life and assure them of their status as followers and friends. In John, one of my favorite stories ever, he even cooks and eats breakfast with the disciples on the beach after being resurrected from the tomb. These are all experiences where a need was met, but the people were changed, and it kept them growing more and more into the people God intended them to be. And we see this hunger for connection being filled all the time within our own community. Our guests who join us for lunch on Monday come to have a meal they otherwise don't have access to, but they do so in a community of people who share their struggles and remind them that they are not alone. This community extends even after lunch to the Street Singers Choir, which provides a space for people to relate to each other and work out their frustrations and struggles through the power of music and community. Second Sunday Fellowship is more than a nice meal. It's growing in deeper relationships as a community of faith. We see people across generational lines and connect in ways that otherwise might not happen during the week at other places. In my own experience, things that are near and dear to my heart, you Kirk and you Perk have been tremendous expressions of this desire, this desire for community and connection and acceptance and belonging. This is why I advocate so much for providing a hot meal for our students to gather around and why it's so important. It's more than just giving them a free meal, though that's very important as well. It's providing that space where students can know they are loved and accepted exactly as they are. The same thing applies to UPERG, the Monday morning coffee hour. It's, oh, excuse me, Wednesday morning. It's more than just sharing a cup of coffee or giving a free cup of coffee. It's connecting on a deeper level and providing a caring and listening presence in the midst of students' busy, busy lives. All these things are meeting an immediate and concrete need, but the filling of the need is twofold. It's also addressing our deepest hunger by fostering the connections we make together in community. And these connections help us to feel belonging, 
to know we're not alone in this life. And this is part of why we say the gospel is so inclusive and inviting. It meets and satisfies a need that's universal, that all people share. We all have a hunger to be filled with love and good things, to be surrounded by people who affirm our personhood and genuinely genuinely want to be in relationship with us. Why we do any of this church stuff in the first place is to satisfy that hunger for people, to connect people with God and with each other. And as writer and pastor John Pavlovitz notes, the only requirements to get that connection really are, one, people's hunger and longing for God, two, God's love and longing for people. Those things alone make someone worthy of being welcomed and fully included in our community. Friends, let us remember and consider this, especially during the season of Lent. We all have a hunger. And as the people of Jesus, we're called to proclaim the good news that this hunger and longing will be satisfied. Those who seek deeper connection and community through a life of faith seeking righteousness and justice in their lives and in the world, will find it. They will see the kingdom of heaven present in their midst and experience God working in their lives and the lives of people around them. We all have a hunger. Blessed are we, for it will be satisfied. Thanks be to God. Amen. Friends, would you please pray with me? God, we are hungry people. We are people longing and desiring connection with you and with each other. And we thank you for that. We thank you for fulfilling that hunger and that need for connection and community here today in our midst. Amen.